0: this is the sales gravy podcast i'm jeb blunt best-selling author of fanatical prospecting sales eq objections and inked and i'm here to help you fill up your pipeline close bigger deals and rock your commission check on this episode of sales gravy i talked to john jantz who is the author of duct tape marketing and the brand new book the self-reliant entrepreneur a fantastic book And we spend time talking about entrepreneurship and why sales professionals should see themselves as entrepreneurs. Now, the one thing that I know to be true about top salespeople and top entrepreneurs is that they're always investing in themselves. And this is why so many top salespeople and companies leverage Sales Gravy University to build their skills. Go to Sales Gravy University right now at learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com. And use the podcast-exclusive coupon code GRAVY123, GRAVY123, to take 50% off on any course or subscription. Now, here's my conversation about becoming a self-reliant entrepreneur with the great John Jance.
1: Hi, this is Jeb Blunt, and welcome to another episode of Sales Masters. I have the man himself from the headquarters of Duct Tape Marketing, John Janice, one of my heroes on the line, and we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship and a brand new book that he has written that is just amazing. It's a book you're going to love, and if you dream of being an entrepreneur or you are an entrepreneur, this book can get you started. Now, the good news about this book as well is, and you've heard me say this before, Self professionals are the elite athletes of the business world. In other words, um, you are an entrepreneur. You are basically an entrepreneur with a lot of without a lot of the risk because someone else has taken the risk. So this book can help you as a self professional get your mindset right each day when you hit the streets or pick up the phone to engage prospects. John, welcome to Self Masters and I'm looking forward to having a conversation about this book.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. And I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think uh, uh successful salespeople probably look at themselves as they control their destiny and, you know, they got to get up and, and get their head right and go out there every morning. And that's one of the great things about this book is, you know, you got two minute read, you know, every day and then you come back the next day and do it. So it's just, it's just a practice.
1: Well, that's important because for salespeople, short and sweet works yeah. and we like to have things in small chunks. Um, But let's, let's back up just a little bit as well, because I, you know, I have always tell salespeople: if you're an entrepreneur, someone else took the risk out of it, but you own your own business. You're the CEO of you. And I'm not always sure that salespeople see themselves as entrepreneurs. Likewise, I'm not always sure that that entrepreneurs understand that they are the chief salesperson for their organization.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I don't care, you know, what business you are as a small business owner. Fifty percent of your job is selling. (laughs) Generally speaking, obviously, you grow to a certain point, you get. A sales manager, you get sales team. You know, you're maybe off doing other things, but certainly to build that business, um, it's probably going to take you going out there and, and pounding the pavement. I mean, that's how most businesses actually get going. I'm an entrepreneur. I have 20 people on my team, yeah. and
1: I've you know over the last 10 years built this company. This morning at 7:30, I was on a sales call, mm-hmm. and I'll be on another sales call at 7:30 tonight. I was on a call yesterday, so even though I have salespeople. I consider myself as the entrepreneur, the founder of the company that it's my role to go out and and meet with clients. So I do it at a different place in the sales process than before, but uh, people want to talk to me because they know that's where the buck stops. Yeah. Plus you love it. Let's face it. <laughs> I do like being a sales. <laughs> Let's go back for a minute and I didn't get a chance to introduce you because we jump right into the conversation. Um, Let's, let, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about yourself as an entrepreneur sure. and the organization that you started, duct tape marketing and what you've done. So we can get a little bit of a profile of who you are as an entrepreneur before we jump into this book
2: for entrepreneurs. You bet. So, um, I launched out on my own about uh, 30 years ago, uh, really without like a lot of people, not a whole big plan. I knew I could hustle work. Um, and so somebody said, yeah, I need that. And I'd say, okay, I'll figure out how to get that done. Um, you know, that's a story that uh, I think a lot of people can tell. Um, at some point, you know, I got clients, I started getting some momentum and I really found that I enjoyed working with small business owners, but they were kind of a challenge, uh, at least in the traditional way that that I was trying to work because they had the same needs and, and you know, certainly never the same budgets or, or even attention spans. So at some point I decided I needed to create a very systematic approach to marketing where I could walk into a business and say, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Here are the results we hope to get. And by the way, here's what it costs. So that was kind of the genesis of the duct tape marketing system. Um, and what was funny is I was trying to solve my frustration. It turns out that still today, one of the greatest frustrations with small businesses is it's hard to buy marketing services. It's gotten harder because everybody's selling a piece of the puzzle. So somebody who walked in and said, you know, here's, here's what we're going to do. Here's what it costs. We're going to re- install a system. It's going to start with strategy before tactics was kind of music to their ears. And so I built my practice, uh, with that approach, continued to expand it, continued to write about it online as, as, you know, that was happening, starting to happen in bigger ways in, you know, early 2000. Um, and, you know that turned into books and turned into to a, you know a speaking career. Uh, then it turned into a network of independent marketing consultants who, like me, wanted to work with small business owners but had that same frustration. And so they, uh, I now have the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network of independent uh, consultants and small agencies who license and and train and collaborate uh, uh, together around the world. So you're you're right about being a, an you know entrepreneur of small
1: business and. I, I left the Fortune 500 world where I was a top executive I was in the corner office had a couple of assistants I had all the accoutrements of being a um, a top executive in a large large company and then I started my own business as an entrepreneur and found immediately that I had no one to rely on there was there was it was just me I I remember when I first started it was just me and my flip flops right sitting in my office and I would start at you know six o'clock in the morning and I would go till you know midnight or one o'clock in the morning and I as I first started off just looking around trying to get help there was no one to help me and like you said trying to find people to help you it's risky because there's a lot of people who talk but don't actually do and I run into those folks all the time I I fired more vendors because they don't get stuff done but you use the term self-reliant in this in this book and I've I connect with that because that's what I had to be in the early years of starting my business. I had to be so self-reliant. I couldn't look to anyone else. No one would help me. And and when people said they would help me, most of the time, it was their lips moving, but without any action behind that. So I know what what self-reliant means to me.
2: Tell us what you meant in, in, in the book and the title when you wrote it. Yeah, it's actually a bit of a balancing act because it's not to suggest that you need to go it alone and you need to just figure it out all yourself. I mean, there is a level of of doing it yourself. But the first step is I think you have to trust yourself enough to know that you're on the right path. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people out there telling you, Why'd you leave that corporate job, Jeb? <laughs> you know, were you crazy? Um, and so, you know, that's the first thing we have to do to be self-reliant is to trust ourselves to know, Hey, there are only certain things under our control and, and we need to focus on them. How we show up, how we respond to what happens. I mean, those are literally the only things that we have any control over. But there's also an element of uh, experiencing new things, of empathy, of understanding other people's point of view, and bringing all those things in. Even if it means, oh, I'm going to change my mind and go a different direction because I, you know, I've learned something new. Um, the, the The bottom line is it it's about realizing that that I think mean, you have to continually work on yourself if you're going to work on your business, um, and that that job really never ends uh makes a lot of sense, but that's hard.
1: That's That's very hard. hard. It's really, really, really hard to work on yourself when you're in the middle of running the business. And I just, you know, I remember when I first started Sales Gravy, I just remember like working until my bones hurt. Like I just, my entire body would hurt. And then I would get up the next day and do it again. At one point, John, I had, it was just me. So I had all these different personalities. So I had a person who did customer service and that had a different name. They had their own email address, they even had a LinkedIn profile. I had a person that was like my relationship manager. All of these people were me. And I was playing all these different roles because I needed people to believe that it was more than just me running the business when I first started to get some credibility. So taking time to invest in me took a back seat. Yeah. And this summer you and I were doing another podcast where you were talking to me about one of my books. And at the end of the podcast, you said, I'm working on this book and it's kind of a weird book, different than anything I've ever done before. And it's laid out differently than ever before. And it really caught my eye because as I think about being self-reliant and as you said, I've got to, I've got to work on me and the business. The way that you structure this book makes it really, really easy for entrepreneurs to get a little bit of uh, inspiration and a little bit of instruction and a little bit of learning without having to invest a ton of time. And I want you to walk us through, first, what was your idea when you wrote the book and why this book is different and how this book will help entrepreneurs and salespeople who are entrepreneurs, by the way, get a little bit every day
2: so that they, over time, can grow. Yeah, so I, I've written this is my sixth book, and and my five previous books were all very squarely about how to do some aspect of marketing or building a business. I wanted to write a book that uh that was really more of a why to do. Um and and the structure, as you mentioned, is a kind of a daily. You've got you know two minutes maybe to read, and it's meant to to maybe give you something to think about for that day. Hopefully there's a little inspiration. Uh, hopefully there's a little question, you know, that gets planted in your mind, uh, for the day. But, but the goal then is that maybe now throughout the day, especially if, if, if you read something that makes you go, huh, do I do that? Um, that, that you start kind of witnessing how that shows up in your day. The book is structured as an annual. So there are 12 months. Each month has a theme. And so, uh, it, it just gives you a little bit to think about, you know, resilience and you know, failure and congruency and love, you know, are some of the themes that I think that, you know, And a lot of, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of your listeners have adopted some sort of morning routine that's become a really kind of standard practice these days. Where, uh, um, you know, they, they may sit, they may journal, they may meditate, they may read something that, that gets them, you know, fired up because, you know, once you go out the door, <laughs> I mean, life's going to happen. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you can kind of build up that energy and that belief and that, yeah, this is how I'm going to show up today, you know, before you ever go out there, I, I think that's really a practice, uh, that, that will serve, uh, pretty much anybody <laughs> well. That's one
1: of the things that I love about this particular book. One of the suggestions that I make to people Is that you spend 15 minutes a day on learning and you just invest that every single morning and the cumulative impact over time is massive. And the beautiful thing about this book is you're only talking about a couple of minutes. That's right. It's well into the routine that you were talking about because it's set up on a daily basis. So I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you if you wouldn't mind, let's just take today. Okay. And, uh, and, and we won't tell people what year it is, but we'll take (laughs) today. And give us a
2: read a passage for today for entrepreneurs sure. great. so so the way it's set up is every day every day has a title, and then the book is actually anchored by using quotes from uh, some mid nineteenth century literature that I think is great entrepreneurial writing, things like Walden and Self-reliance and uh, the works of mark twain and and Herman Melville. Um, that was kind of a period, I think, in America where it was kind of the first counterculture period where people are starting you know we were on the cusp of the Civil War. Um, women were trying to get the right to vote. We were trying to abolish slavery. So a lot of the writing that came out of that period was kind of some of the first writing in America where people were saying, "Hey, you need to think for yourself. You need to do you know what's right for you, what's right in you know your truth and your heart." And so I use those works to to really kind of anchor it with some sort of old world wisdom um and then uh, there's a hundred or so words from me uh talking about uh, uh you know contextualizing it for today's entrepreneur and then i leave you every day with a a, a question um, that, that again hopefully helps uh, helps you kind of keep and and sort of anchor your your or center your thoughts for the day so <laughs> the one i chose uh which happens to be the day we're recording chasing fame enduring fame is ever posthumous The orbs of virtue and genius seldom culminate during their terrestrial periods. Slow is the growth of great names. Slow the procession of excellence into arts, institutions, life. Ages alone reflect their failures of luster. The great not only unseal, but create the organs by which they are to be seen. Neither Socrates nor Jesus is yet visible to the world. That's from Amos Bronson Alcott, uh, Orphic Sayings, that was written in 1842. So here's how I'm going to make that relevant for today. Even a tiny sliver of fame and recognition can be kind of intoxicating. But seeking it as anything more than the accidental byproduct of doing good work is to ask for something you do not understand. The Stoics, who influenced many of the transcendentalists, had much to say about seeking fame. In particular, the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius. Give yourself the gift, the present moment. People out for posthumous fame forget that the generations to come will be the same annoying people they are that you know now. And just as mortal, what does it matter to you if they say X to you, <coughs> excuse me, X about you or think Y? So I think that Marcus Aurelius's uh, words would have been a nice tweet back in uh, about 180 AD. Um, so, you know, the top 50 or so list to follow in your industry, there's a really good chance most of them have little to offer you but a lot of Twitter followers. Fall in love with your work. Add value to every conversation. Master your craft. Achieve success on your terms. And don't wait for the accolades. That is profound advice. I like that very much. I wonder
1: what it would have been like if the Romans had had Twitter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so here's your challenge question for today. Are you looking for something outside of yourself that you already have?
1: I think that's powerful. I think the, that's the, you know, that's the key to what I do. You got to focus on the work first yeah. and create amazing work and, and let everything else take care of itself. What? I'm curious. As you went through these, you know, mid nineteenth century authors and literature,
2: which which are your favorite authors? <laughs> well, the, the the book title, "The Self Reliant Entrepreneur," borrows from a Ralph Waldo Emerson essay uh, that many entrepreneurs are familiar with, called "Self Reliance." Um, so, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau probably show up more than anybody. Um, in this book, but I also found um you know once I dove into it I mean I originally knew about that literature, and once I dove into it and started finding some names I really was not that familiar with, I saw that there was really this thread of you know that ran through all of the literature at the time, so uh, probably another one that that crops up and many people will not have, uh, be familiar with her uh, is is Willa Cather. Um, and some people might be familiar with her O Pioneers and Song of the Lark. And she kind of wrote about the, uh, the, the expansion westward in her, her novels, but, uh, there was still that thread of kind of self-reliance in, in all of her protagonists. Very good. Yeah.
1: I'm curious as an entrepreneur, as you went through writing this book, cause I know that I just finished up a book on, uh, sales negotiation. I learned a lot from the writing of the book itself. Yeah. And it made yeah. me introspective. Uh, what did you learn from writing this book that you pulled into your practice as an entrepreneur?
2: Yeah, it's interesting um because this was a very different experience for me. Truthfully, a lot of my other books was me just writing about, you know, here's what I did, it seemed to work for a client. You might try it, <laughs> you know. Um, and and this book, I did a ton of research. So so in a, in a you know short. Period of time, I felt like I got a master's in you know in transcendentalist uh, literature, <laughs> but uh, which was which was really kind of fun for me too because you know when are you going to do that unless you've got a reason, you know to to go do it, um, but but I did also then spend you know I spent a good hard six months actually writing the manuscript. And, you know, if you think about it, I mean, I was really introspective <laughs> in that period because I, a lot of what I share in here is really just my experience and how I show up and how I feel and how I think and maybe my views of the world. Um, and so having the opportunity to think very deeply about those elements for, you know, a really expanded period of time, I feel like actually made me more at peace with my business even. Um, and, you know, some of the, the things that I'm trying to accomplish, some of the things I have accomplished, um, how I kind of view, uh, the, those things and, and even the definition of success, um, has probably changed.
1: Talk to us a little bit about mindfulness and meditation yeah. and how this book is different well, yeah. on that subject.
2: Well, I mean, it's not a book about either of those things, uh, but they show up a lot because, um, I mean, let's face it, I, 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 talked about this idea of trusting ourselves enough to you know to focus on only the things that we can control well the only things we can control are what are happening you know right today (laughs) you know the actions we're taking today how we're thinking about them and that's really the definition of mindfulness i think um i i talk a lot about meditation in this book because um I, i do think that you know some sort of practice that helps you you know tune out what's going on helps you think about uh what it is you want to focus uh, helps you think about the impact that you want to have a lot of times i think we we go out there and chase things and check things off of our to do list and we're not necessarily focused enough on you know whose life are we bettering you know what value <laughs> are we bringing um and i think that for me at least some sort of of centering practice um where where I actually stop and, and, you know, throughout the day a couple times and actually think about those things instead of the next email or the next phone call um, really helps me uh, be way more productive uh, when it comes kind of the time to, to get after that to-do list. I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm, I, you know, I'm so guilty as an entrepreneur. Uh,
1: I start in the morning, you know, sometimes I'm up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and I'm going all day long. I never stop some days to think about me i just get the end of the day and it's just a blur i just say this with you know with the heart and soul of a person who my whole world is around building a business and i love doing it i enjoy doing it. i love my business that sometimes just you know having a place where you stop and you just collect yourself i think is important because you begin rolling downhill and you you forget why you're there or what you're doing and there are days when you you get done and you just thought you didn't have fun. You didn't enjoy yourself. And and what'd you do today? I don't know, but I
2: sure was busy. (laughs) Exactly. So um, I I tell you the other thing though, Jeb too, is that I think entrepreneurs are never satisfied. Like I'm not there yet. You know, I'm I'm trying to go here. Um, And one of the things about mindfulness is that, you know, every now and then, I mean, look at the amazing journey that you've, Traveled already. I mean, every now and then, turning around and going, "Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be so hard on myself because look how far I've come." <laughs> um, and and that's, I think, a thing that we we sometimes forget to do. I know
1: I do. People stop me and say, uh, "You know, can you look back and see?" Even my own people that work here, yeah. can you imagine like where you came from and where you are now? I mean, yeah. are you are you just in all that happening? And I find myself discounting that and going, right. "I don't really see it that way. I just see that." We're not nearly where we need to be on our goals right now. And I got to focus on that. And, uh, and I, I feel guilty for feeling that way, but I do feel that way sometimes. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> none of that really matters. Like it's where we're going it doesn't make a difference where we came from. So you are right. We have to sometimes take time to celebrate ourselves. Question. Right. You talk about business and business's brand purpose. Yeah. And I, I, at first, if you could help me understand what that means, cause I don't quite understand. For sure business and brand purpose, and then how your
2: book helps entrepreneurs develop this brand purpose. Well, so, you know, every business has a brand. I mean, a lot of people realize, you know, bigger businesses, it's like, yeah, clearly I can see their brand. But really, every business has a brand. It's just whether or not you're developing it intentionally, because it's, you know, it's the perception of who you are, of what your business is. That's what a brand is. So, so even the one, two person shop, you know, has a brand in the mind of their customers. And, and so what, what my suggestion is, is that most small businesses are, their brand is experienced by who they're being, you know, who their people are being, you know, how their how their you know, products and services operate, how you, you know, how you do what you say you're going to do, you know, that's your brand purpose. That's your brand promise. Um So a lot of, of, that comes down to actually making sure that that you stay true to your core values. Because I, I think most, most business owners um, want to serve, you know, want to make a difference, want to do right, you know, by their customers. But it's pretty easy to get pushed out of alignment with our core values when I don't have enough business, or this customer wants me to do this, or you know, I'm I'm stressed out about making payroll. <laughs> um and so the idea is that, that that's why it's so important to continually come back and check in with yourself and work on yourself, uh, every day so that you don't get pushed out of alignment with what you truly believe. Because delivering on what you truly believe, delivering on who you really are, um, I think is the most authentic brand, you know, purpose that a small business can have.
1: And I don't think that's any more important than when you start growing. That's because right. When you start growing, you get confronted every day with issues challenges customers people things that are in the way that challenge that brand purpose challenge your core values challenge yeah. what you want to accomplish and if you're not centered on that it's easy to in the moment right give yeah. in to that and to make money or to do this or to solve this problem and get away with that and it's it's this focus on for example in our world you know always doing what's right no matter what like that's yep. one of our core values we'll always do no in that moment sometimes you look at what's the right thing and the right thing is not the best thing for the business and making sure that you come back to that and that's the problem with growth and you as the entrepreneur you've got to be the person setting that standard and for me it's the discipline of sacrificing what you want now in the moment for your purpose and for your values and for what you want most. And I'm I'm not saying that's easy because it is a very difficult thing, but if you're not centered and present in the moment, you will make that mistake of getting away from your purpose and to me, that's the hardest thing. And that's the one thing I don't want to do is not the
2: Yeah. And, it, and it's not something that you just sit around and say, yeah, you know, we decided it. We, you know, we, we, get, we know our purpose. I mean, you got to reinforce it every single day. Here's my sales pitch um, part uh, for you, Jen. Um, I have a lot of companies that are buying this book and using it as a way to kind of talk about that stuff. Because a lot of times all we talk about is the numbers and the metrics and the, you know, the, the priorities for this quarter, um, and, and, you know, the way you reinforce that purpose is that you, you actually have the deeper, more meaningful conversations around questions like, um, I ask every single day.
1: Now, the one thing about entrepreneurship is that it infects every generation. So you yeah. have Gen Z's that are just getting out of college right now and are thinking entrepreneur. You have millennials. You've got Gen, Gen X's, which is my generation. Boomers and not, you know, I, I see people sometimes in their sixties, like my, my mother's an entrepreneur. She's in her seventies who, who wake up one day and say, I'm going to go strike out on my own and do something different or whatever the case may be. So can you, and and by the way, and you use frameworks from the mid 19th century. So we're all over the board in terms of (laughs) how this impacts different generations from a generational standpoint. I have two questions for you. One is, how do you see entrepreneurship across the, the different generations in our current workforce, and how do you think that those different generations will perceive and adopt the the the, the mindsets and the principles that you you've laid out over 360 sure. days, uh, 366 days? Excuse me.
2: That's right, yeah, yeah, so w- what I've seen is, and I'm on the tail end of the baby boomer generation, but uh probably the fastest growing segment of of people starting businesses are are really in their fifties um and 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 obviously, there's a whole lot of you know Gen X Gen Z uh, millennials uh that are starting businesses as well. probably the most significant difference I think is is how they view why they're doing what they're doing. Um, uh the, the older generation that's starting a business a lot of times is saying, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and now it's me time. You know, now it's I want to do my own thing. I've I've maybe had this in the back of my mind. I've had experiences now that I can bring to things. Maybe I'm financially stable, and, and this, you know, makes even more sense for me to do this. Uh, I want to have some impact. The younger generation, a lot of times, are just looking at this and saying, hey, no way I'm working for somebody. You know, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm going to have four or five gigs going. I, I'm going to travel to Europe for a year if I want to do that. Um, and so I think they see it as, as sort of the ultimate freedom of choice. To really have kind of this portfolio, you know, life as opposed to I'm going to go work for somebody thirty years and then you know start my business. So um, I think that I think that's a different energy, you know, around how and why they start businesses. That doesn't mean anyone's more successful than another. Uh, it's just a different uh, kind of reason why. In terms of, of this material, I mean, all I can do is kind of share what what I've experienced in, in folks that have have you know engaged with the material. I think a lot of the older generation, my generation, um, you know, 50-year-olds are looking at this as really saying, yeah, I need to focus on, you know, occasionally looking back and seeing, you know, what difference I made, what impact I've had, um, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And a lot of uh, younger folks that I've shared this book with have have kind of said, you know what, This this I love these older readers. Meetings. This is stuff I was asked to read in high school and college, you know, but it didn't. I didn't make sense to me in this, you know, the context of what I'm doing today. And so I love really kind of reengaging with some of that literature, but also I feel like this is like telling me, "I, you got this, you know, and you can do this." And it's almost like they're looking at this as mentoring, uh, as as much as anything else. So it's been kind of fun to to see what what feels like a universal appeal. Okay, I've got one more question for you, and this is yeah. a
1: hard question. And the question is really about the challenges that entrepreneurs are facing right now in sustaining and growing their businesses. And I don't have any, you know, any pretext in mind. There's, there's no set answer here. I'm just curious on what you see as the the roadblocks or hurdles that entrepreneurs are facing today, and of course, any advice that you have
2: in dealing with those challenges and hurdles. Well, I I think, you know, the biggest one, quite frankly, is that they're not taking the time to think about what they want to do, you know, how they want to show up. And they're spending a lot of time looking for gurus and people to tell them what to do. <laughs> and they're looking at, you know, opportunities to, to jump into, you know, oh, this is the next new thing. Um, and that to me um, is, is I mean, occasionally it can work out, but generally speaking, you know, you find a lot of those people two years later going, oh, here's the next new thing over here. And so they, they don't get any, any real traction. So I'm a big fan of having lots of experiences going out there and, and you know, figuring out what it is you want to do. Um, but I, I do also think that you, you should, you know, pay close attention to the, the thing that maybe scares you a little, um, and really go dive into that, you know, head first, stay consistent, you know, show up. I mean, the, the, the most unsexy advice I can give you is that you got to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again before you feel like, um, you're making any headway. Uh, but that kind of commitment to something that you believe in, uh, will ultimately pay off. And if nothing else, you'll find more joy and happiness along the way. That makes sense. So John, tell us where people can get the book. Sure. And how
1: they can engage with you. And then and then also I know you've got some amazing resources for entrepreneurs yeah. on uh, duct tape marketing. Sure. And maybe tell us a little bit about what yeah. those resources are and how people yeah. can impact that as well. So
2: so the book itself, um the self reliant entrepreneur, can be bought pretty much anywhere you buy books, all the online retailers, uh, I was in a little independent bookstore the other day and they, you know, they had them, um, as well. So you can pretty much, uh, get the book anywhere. If you want to find out a little more about it, self-reliance entrepreneur.com, uh, is where you can read, uh, you know, some of the podcasts like this I've, I've collected that I've done, uh, around the book. Um, as you mentioned, uh, you can find pretty much everything I've been up to for the last 25 years at uh, Duct Tape Marketing. And that's dot marketing.com. There's actually a book by that same name. Um, I send out a weekly newsletter, have been for, for years sharing kind of resources. There's a blog with thousands of blog posts, and I've done uh, now thousands of podcast interviews since uh, about 2005 as well. Well, John, thank you so
1: much for being on Self Masters today, and I look forward to reading this book a little bit every single day and investing in myself as an entrepreneur. And my suggestion to the people that are listening or watching this interview is that you do the same. Go to your favorite bookseller, pick this book up, go to the date, and just take two minutes every single morning to invest in yourself and and your... Your, your, your inside, your heart will grow, your intellect will grow, and your mindset will become stronger. Thanks a lot, John.
0: Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. And make sure that you go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com. And use coupon code GRAVY123 to save 50% on any of the courses in our catalog.